Welcome to the Lifehouse Church Podcast. More information about Lifehouse and our senior pastors, Richard and Helen Kabakian, can be found at lifehouse.com.au. We hope you enjoy the following message. I thought I'd start today by introducing myself. My name is Ben and I'm married to the beautiful Emily Higgins. And uh, here's a photo of our family. We've got four amazing kids. And uh, yes, we do have four kids. We do also have a TV now, which is great. So that's exciting. But hey, we're going to get into our series today, which is Devoted. And Pastor Richard did a phenomenal job. If you haven't already seen the message, you need to go back, push pause, go back and, uh, and watch last Sunday's message from Pastor Richard as he, um, you know, as he really launched and kicked off our Devoted series. But today I'm so excited to be speaking into this series because I think it is such a pivotal moment for us as a church at the start of 2021, considering all that God has in mind for our church, that we just take a moment to think about the kind of church that God is building and the kind of people He's calling us to be as we step into what He has for us in 2021. So if you've got a Bible with you, or you've got a phone with you, you can turn with me to the book of Acts. We're gonna read from Acts chapter two, verse 42 and 43. And this is where we're camping this month as a church at Lifehouse. We're looking at this passage of Scripture. We're talking about being devoted followers of Jesus, what it looks like to be a church that's devoted to Him. In Acts 2.42, the Bible says that all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. In verse 43, a deep sense of awe came over them all and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And when we read through the book of Acts, we see what kind of signs and wonders we're actually talking about, miracle signs and wonders. We see that they included miraculous healing, uh, like the, the blind beggar in Acts 3, it included miraculous salvations. It included miraculous breakthroughs. I don't know about you, but there's certainly some areas in my life where I'm believing for breakthrough right now. It included miraculous empowerment with God taking ordinary people and filling them with His Spirit. And they went out and they did incredible things for God. And even miraculous opportunities. In the book of Acts, we see that in spite of opposition and challenges that the disciples were so filled with His Spirit that they went out and they were given miraculous opportunities. Even in the middle of prison, they had opportunities to tell people about Jesus. So I think you have to ask yourself, we have to ask ourselves the question, why so many miracles in such a short space of time? And I think if we rewind, we find the answer to the question in, in, in verse 42, where it says that they devoted themselves. And one of the things that the early church, that those early Christians devoted themselves to, Scripture says, was prayer. And so I wanna talk today It's really my privilege today to unpack this concept as they devoted themselves to prayer. And so if you're taking notes wherever you are, I'd encourage you to write this title at the top of the page, Praying Bold Prayers. Praying Bold Prayers. Because if you ask the question, why so many miracles? I think it's because the early church, they prayed bold prayers. They weren't afraid to go to God and ask God boldly in prayer for something. But do you know, For the disciples, it wasn't always that way. If you rewind back to Mark chapter 9 in Mark's Gospel, we find the same disciples confronted with a problem, confronted with a a challenge, 
and they're trying to pray for a boy, they're trying to cast out an evil spirit for a, for a guy who's brought his son to them and they're having no success at all. It's Nothing's changing. And Jesus enters the scene and immediately casts out the evil spirit and the father and his son go home happy, they go home blessed. And we pick it up in Mark chapter 9, verse 28. It says that afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with his disciples, they asked him, why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, this kind can only be cast out by prayer. In other words, in order to have an increase of the miraculous in your life, there needs to be an increase in prayer. In order for there to be an increase in the miraculous in our church, there needs to be an increase in prayer. And I'd encourage all of us at Lifehouse Church, come on, it's bold prayers that have set the world on fire. Last year, I read a book about some of the worldwide, worldwide revivals that have happened throughout history. And my faith was so stirred. I was so encouraged and I was also really challenged. Because every time there was an incredible revival, you would see that before the revival, there was always a small group of people who committed themselves to bold prayers. And in 1857, just one example, in 1857, four young Irishmen began a weekly prayer meeting in the village of Connor in Ireland. And this meeting is generally regarded as the origin of the 1859 revival that swept through the north end of of, of Ireland and saw over 100,000 people come to faith and added to the church. But what we see is that it all began with four men who gathered together, four young people in the youth ministry who gathered together and were willing to pray bold prayers. You think about even our relationship with God, your relationship with Jesus. It began with a bold prayer, didn't it? It began with a prayer that went something like, Jesus, I know that I'm not perfect and you are. I know in comparison to what you can offer me, I have nothing to offer you. But God, I give you my life and I ask you to come into my heart and make me a new creation. Take my sin away. You know, change me into the kind of person you want me to be. And at that moment, as you accepted Jesus, something transformational, something radical happened in your heart. And so today, Lifehouse, God's inviting all of us to pray bold prayers, to pray bold prayers. Look at this. In Matthew 7, verse 7, Jesus said, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Verse 9. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Fair question. Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you or give good gifts to those who ask him? So Jesus is saying, He's inviting us to ask and He's telling us that as we're asking, we have a perfect heavenly Father who wants to bless us as we ask. And so I just wanna stop and encourage you right now. What is that area in your life where you feel like things aren't quite working out? Maybe it's in your marriage, in your finances, with your parenting. Perhaps it's something to do with study. Maybe it's a next step in your life and you're struggling to get clarity and and what to do and where to go. Can I encourage you right now? You've got a loving heavenly Father who loves to answer prayer. He is 
attentive. He's listening. He's there. And He's inviting us to pray bold prayers. Do you know someone that doesn't yet know Jesus? Do you know someone who's sick? Do you know a problem in the world right now that needs solving? Maybe God's inviting you in this moment right now to begin to pray a bold prayer and and ask to step into that gap and ask Jesus to do something radical. But I started to think about what are the things for me that stop me from praying bold prayers? What stops us? If God's asking us to pray bold prayers, if He's opened the door of heaven, He's invited us to ask. He said He's going to give us good gifts. What stops us from praying bold prayers? I want to look at three things today, three things that sometimes can stop us, can trip us up and stop us from praying bold prayers. The first one is this, it's distraction. The first thing, I think that one of the reasons we don't pray bold prayers is simply because we're distracted. You know, they say now that we are the most distracted Uh, distracted generation in history. In fact, even as I was preparing this message, this very sentence was left unfinished because as I was writing something, I got distracted. I'm I'm serious. That's how distracted we are. That even when we're writing about distraction, we get distracted. But seriously, it is amazing just how distracted we are. They say that, you know, every generation that comes after, you know, the next has a lower and lower attention span, that we've got so many notifications and pop-ups and all kinds of things going on that it's so easy to be distracted. But have you ever stopped to think about Jesus' job description? Like what was Jesus' job description? Jesus' job description essentially was to save humanity and to raise up a leadership team that would change the entire world, right? Who thinks that's a pretty huge job description? And if that wasn't big enough, then Jesus basically had three years to do it. So Jesus, you've got three years to save humanity and raise up a team that's going to change the world forever. But if you look at Jesus' leadership, if you look at who Jesus was, the one thing that impresses me about Jesus, maybe amongst anything else, is that He was never in a hurry. Jesus was never stressed. He was never rushed. He was never even busy. And he was never in a hurry. What was the secret to Jesus' ability to stay focused? What was the secret to Jesus' ability to stay on track and not get distracted? It's found in two scriptures. The first is in Mark 1, verse 35. It says, very early in the morning. Yes, there is a time that exists early in the morning. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up. He left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. And if you thought that was just a one-off, let's look at Luke 5, verse 16. It says, But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. So Jesus often withdrew. He had a habit of prayer. It wasn't a one-off. He often withdrew. He went to a quiet place and he prayed. That was the secret to Jesus' power, to his public power. As he said to his disciples, it was his place of prayer. And listen, if Jesus, if Jesus Himself needed to prioritise time with His Heavenly Father, if Jesus needed to prioritise prayer, how much more do we need to prioritise prayer? Listen to what Martin Luther said. He said, I have so much to do that I shall spend the first three hours in prayer. How often is that your response or my response? I know I've been so guilty so many times of having so many things to do and thinking that it was all down to me, forgetting that we have a God who loves us, a God in heaven who's ready and 
in sitting in anticipation, leaning in, ready to answer as we begin to pray bold prayers. So my first thought today, if, if we're going to eliminate distraction from our life, we need to be intentional about a place and a time that we're gonna pray. It might be in the bathroom as you're getting ready in the morning. It might be 15 minutes before you go to bed. You might begin with five minutes in the morning when you get up, you get a cup of coffee, you put your phone away, you turn off distractions and you zone in and allow God to begin to speak to you as you begin to speak to God. I'd encourage you, where is your place? Where is your time? Be intentional about a place and a time you can go with God in prayer. The second, um, the second reason I think sometimes we, we don't pray or we fail to pray bold prayers, to be honest, is because we get discouraged. We get discouraged. So if it's not that we get distracted, it's that sometimes we get discouraged. I know there's been so many times in my life where I have prayed and I have seen God do something amazing. My wife, Right, her, her story, her, she has a miracle story of being run over by a tractor and all these crazy things. And, and she is an answer to prayer. The, the, her, her healed body is an answer to prayer. There's been so many times in our family, in our marriage, with our finances, where I've seen God answer prayers. But if I'm to be honest, there's also been some times where I've prayed and maybe, just, maybe you can relate. I've prayed and I've believed for things, but I haven't seen them come to pass in the way that I was hoping the way that I was expecting. And it's easy, isn't it? In those moments where you pray, but you don't see what you're praying for, you don't see the outcome, or you don't at least get the outcome you are hoping for, it's easy to become discouraged. I know one of the times for me most recently was a couple of years ago when, uh, and I've, my wife shared this story already recently with Lifehouse, but where my wife and I were expecting twin girls and sadly one of our girls passed away and we don't have time today to go into the whole story. But I'm telling you, that, that was a season of my life where I was praying so fervently. I was praying so passionately. We had two little jumpsuits hung up in our house and I was praying over the, those jumpsuits, praying for their health, praying for the girls, praying and believing God for them. And in spite of what the doctors had said, I was praying and believing that God would do a miracle. And, and, and God did do a miracle and that's a whole nother story. But the outcome I was expecting, the outcome I was hoping for, it didn't eventuate. And I'm telling you that in those moments, maybe you can relate, that it's easy to allow discouragement and disillusionment to, to sink into your heart. And if you allow that to happen, we begin to lower our prayer life. I've discovered if we allow discouragement to get into our heart, we begin to lower our prayer life. We start praying prayers that almost like we could answer. We start praying for things thinking, well, maybe God isn't able and maybe God, and here's what we need to do. Listen, listen to what the, the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4. When you're facing discouragement, when you're facing anxiety, when you're facing stress, listen to what Paul says, Philippians 4, 6 and 7. He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, listen, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace of God that which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So God's promise is this, that His peace will guard your heart. You will know His presence 
you will know His presence in your life. The greatest thing you could know is the presence of God, is to know that Jesus is with you. There's always gonna be seasons in life that are up and are down. There are always gonna be times we live in a broken, fallen world. There's gonna be things that happen that we weren't expecting that take us by left field. But here's what I've discovered. It's the same thing that Paul has discovered, that as we pray, it's, it's not just to come and, and give God our requests, but also we should come with thanksgiving. And do you know what I found in that season? That in spite of the pain and in spite of the loss, there were so many things to be thankful for. And as I began to focus my attention on what God has done and who God is and His grace for me, and His goodness towards me, and His favour on me. And I began to thank God. God, thank You for Your grace. God, thank You for Your goodness. God, thank You for Your mercy. God, thank You for rescuing me. God, thank You for Your presence. And I began to thank Him and praise Him and honour Him. You know what happens? Your life will be filled with the peace of God, with the reality of God's presence. And guess what happens? Your prayer life all of a sudden begins to lift. You start looking at who Jesus is. You start looking at His goodness. You start looking at His grace towards you. And you will realise you begin to pray bold prayers. In fact, you might begin to pray bold, more bold prayers than you've ever prayed before because you've discovered something about God, that our faith is not in an outcome, but our faith is in a person and His name is Jesus. Our faith isn't in an outcome. Our faith is in a person and His name is Jesus. But if I can encourage you with one thing, if, if we want to pray bold prayers, we need to pray bold prayers with other bold people. It's not enough just to do life on your own. In fact, I discovered this even more so during that season as we went through pain and discouragement that we need people in our life that are gonna hold up our arms as we're struggling. And if we look at this um, passage in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, it's the Apostle Paul and a guy called Silas who was stuck in prison. The situation was ripe, ready for discouragement, but they were together. And it says that about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying, listen, and singing hymns to God. They weren't just praying, but they were worshipping. And it says the other prisoners were listening to them. And I found that in life, when you go through a discouraging time, there's always going to be people around you that kind of just watch on and look on and just, let's just see what happens with him. Let's just see what happens with her. But there's also going to be a smaller group of people, and this is, this is our grow groups. This is our, the group you want to be doing life with who are going to be praying for you, encouraging you and cheering you on. And so I will just encourage you, don't do life alone, but get into a grow group. Get into a group that's going to stretch you and grow you. Get into a grow group where when you go through a, a, a challenging time, where you feel discouraged, other people are going to stand alongside you and begin to worship with you and begin to pray with you and begin to pray for you and help you to lift your focus and put it back on to Jesus. And I think the third reason we often fail to pray bold prayers is because we doubt. We doubt, does God really love me? Does God really want to answer my prayers? And if there's something I think God wants for you and I, it's a confidence in who He is. In James 1.8, James is the brother of Jesus and he unpacks this so powerfully in James chapter 1, verses eight to five, where he says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Now, exchange the word wisdom for whatever you want. You lack peace, you lack wisdom, you lack direction, 
Whatever it is right now, you, you, you lack patience. If any of you lack anything, you should ask God. This is the God who gives generously to all without finding fault. And what does he say? And it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord because such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. In other words, it's not, God's not able to pour out His blessing when everything in your life is unstable. And the reason our heart becomes unstable is because we've forgotten who Jesus really is. You see, this scripture is so powerful because it points us to the true character and nature of God. God, contrary to what maybe our culture says, God is not angry and in a hurry to curse. Many people kind of see God as this big guy in the sky with a bag of lightning bolts ready to throw things at you when you do the wrong thing. But the reality is quite the opposite. God is a loving heavenly Father and His heart is towards you and He wants to bless you. And see, doubt creeps in when we struggle to believe God loves me. Doubt creeps in when we struggle to believe God loves me. But the truth is today that God loves you and He wants to bless you. God wants to answer your prayers, not because of your record or my record, but because of His record, because of His goodness. It's who He is. And I uh, discovered this to a whole nother level when our first child was born, when Israel, my son, was born. When he was born, I wanted to tell everybody. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I was telling everybody. I was telling the guy at the, at the petrol station. I was telling the, the, the girl at the cafe. I was telling everybody. And I became like just a maniac, right? I had photos. I was, I had, you know, all of a sudden when you become a parent, those that have become parents will understand this. The photos on your phone before, there's like nothing. And then all of a sudden your phone is full of photos. You can't fit any more photos on. You're taking photos of everything. Oh my gosh, she pooed her nappy. That's so cute. Oh, he fell over. That's so cute. Every single, because you're just so proud and so in love with your kids. And I had this revelation one day that my son has done nothing productive in our house. He hasn't cleaned up. He hasn't washed up. He hasn't got the job. He hasn't even said a word. You know what I mean? All he does is, is kind of dirties his nappy and cries. That's, that's all he does and eats. But I was so in love with him. And he, he is blessed. My kids are blessed, not because of their performance in our family. And they're thanking God for that, by the way. Not because of their performance in our family, but my kids are blessed because of their position in our family. And it's the same for you. God desires to bless you through Jesus because of, not because of your performance, but because of your position, because of who you are in Christ. That as we ask Jesus to come into our life, as we surrender our heart to Him, we choose to become a follower of Jesus. We would choose to become devoted to Him. All of a sudden, God's not looking at our performance. He's not looking at our track record. He's not looking at how good we are. He's looking at how good Jesus is. And He's blessing us according to what Jesus has done for us. And so I wanna encourage you today. I wanna encourage you. Let's pray bold prayers. Let's pray prayers that kind of shake our faith. Let's pray prayers that sort of get the world's attention. Let's pray prayers that get God's attention. And we see in Scripture that the, the disciples, the early church, they were no different in one sense to you and I. Different context, different culture, but still exactly the same in that they were simply invited by God 
to begin to pray bold prayers and their bold prayers change the world. What part of the world has God called you to change? Your prayers to change. Maybe it's your family, your finances, our church, your community, our city, wherever you are right now. God's inviting you to pray bold prayers and believe for something supernatural to take place through your life. Then I'd encourage you, it's not just through your life, but it's through your grow group. So get plugged into a grow group and let's pray bold prayers together. Hi, I'm Richard Kabakian, pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you. that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.